Welcome to the San Diego News Fix. I'm Christy Totten. A new United Nations report says that removing carbon from the atmosphere is essential to combating climate change. But making a global air conditioning system won't be easy. Union Tribune political columnist Michael Smolens covered this in his latest column. So Michael, tell me more about this report that was released in April. What were the takeaways? Well, I mean, the big takeaway, of course, as always with these reports, is that we're in really dire straits. The clock is ticking very fast, and uh, we probably aren't going to be able to, you know, head off sort of that, you know, there's a series of temperature tipping points if we pass, get hotter and hotter. And so it had a lot of warnings um, about what governments need to do. And of course, there's always such focus on cutting carbon emissions and methane and other emissions, which is, uh, you know, definite must, but that alone isn't going to do it. So this one had a much more emphasis than in the past on removing carbon from the atmosphere, which is already out there. And uh, that's something that, that there's a lot of technological and sort of natural ways to do that. It takes a huge effort. And it's going to cost a lot of money. Okay, I want to talk about some of those options, but you noted in your column that carbon removal and carbon capture are not synonymous. They're two different things. Before we go any further, would you explain the difference? Sure. I, like everybody, you know, I'm sure I probably use them uh, interchangeably and they're not. Carbon uh, removal is literally what it says, taking uh, carbon dioxide out of the atmosphere. There are, you know, uh, there's machines that they've developed that can do that, that still aren't quite cost effective yet. Um, planting more trees and forests do that and so forth. Uh, carbon capture is really, you know, when you look at industries that emit a lot of pollutants, there's technology at the smokestack area or wherever that they can capture the carbon before it's released into the atmosphere and then channel that into a, you know, some sort of storage or other use. So they're slightly different in that regard. Okay, yeah, thanks for clearing that up. That makes sense. Uh, so what are our options currently for removing carbon dioxide from the atmosphere? Well, there, there are many and some are being done. Um, uh, the County Board of Supervisors in sort of a very localized effort on this wants to look at what the land can do. As I mentioned earlier that, you know, planting certain crops, certain, you know, trees and, and forests, uh, uh, you know, put it, doing more with marshlands those uh, kinds of uh, you know land uses can help you know suck in and absorb carbon uh, and sequester it is the term that's often used. Uh, you know people say you need to do that on a very large scale. There's also other things that can be done to you know basically uh, sort of treat the ocean to become a greater absorber of carbon. Uh, the ocean does absorb carbon now, but to you know pull it in. Some of these might be a little risky. You know you never know about the unintended consequences. But then there's been a lot of focus and some federal legislation on this about uh, you know, using technology in these machines literally to, to you know, suck it out of the carbon out of the atmosphere. You know, use the term as I did in my column, uh, you know, giant air conditioner, that's part of the equation. Yeah, I lifted that part. <laughs> very clever, very clever writing. I mean, what does that even look like? I've never even heard of this. Is it a big machine, a small machine? I mean, well, it, there's going to have to be a lot of them all over the world. Uh, yeah, they can be big. Um, and, you know, they, the ones I've seen just pictures of are have like big air ducts. And, you know, it checks them in. Now, it, you know, as with the regular air conditioner, it's got to run on something. So these can be very, you know, energy intensive. There, you know, in, in that way, okay, what do you do to, to power these? And of course, 
hopefully you get renewable energy to, to do that, whether, you know, wind or solar and so forth. But right now, I don't think that they're, they're, they're quite cost effective in that regard. But, um, you know, there's hope that once the technology gets better and, the, of course, the need gets more, the, you know, the, the cost may become less relevant depending on how difficult straits we are in. Okay, so Congress member Scott Peters uh, co-sponsored, it sounds like, some federal legislation called Federal Carbon Dioxide Removal Leadership Act. What does that entail? Well, uh, the federal government, uh, Congress, and, and uh, uh, President Biden signed it in the infrastructure bill. There are billions of dollars in there for carbon renewal and, uh, removal and carbon capture. The Peters bill sort of sets goals for the Department of Energy to, to you know, ratchet up how much needs to be removed or, or should be removed on an annual basis. Uh, you know, there's a whole equation to do that. That's, that's a little beyond me. But what it doesn't do is doesn't say you need to do it this way. It doesn't prescribe the technology. That's one of the things uh, Representative Peters, who has uh, you know, been involved in a lot of climate change legislation to combat climate change, he's big on you know, setting goals and then letting the marketplace or the 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 you know people with the know-how come up with new things because the last thing they want to do is prescribe a certain kind of technology that either becomes outdated or or you know isn't as efficient as something that comes down the line. So that's essentially what it does, and it helps guide these billions of dollars that are being used and going to be used for carbon rem removal. Uh, so you mentioned the the report, the most recent report you know, says there is still time. We are running up against a deadline. Will you talk more about that? How much time? And, you know, what are what are the metrics we need to avoid? Well, the, the one that, that they've been talking about for a long time that was part of the, uh, you know, Paris Climate Accord uh, is uh, 1.5 uh, degrees centigrade, which I think is 2.7 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, that that if, if the Earth's atmosphere rises past that level, they don't know for sure exactly, but, but they have certain scenarios about, you know, coastal areas being impacted in certain populations. I don't want to say that's manageable. That's going to, you know, be very difficult and probably, you know, cause, uh, you know, destruction and deaths and so forth. Beyond that, as it keeps going further, it gets more catastrophic. Uh, you know, there are, like I said, they, you know, there, there are, it's a matter of just a few degrees will, uh, centigrade will, you know, change the, the way the, the, the world is basically. So that's what they're up against. How soon, um, you know, every report that comes out seems to bring it closer and closer. I don't have an, an exact date. Some people believe that we're already sort of past or will be past the, the 1.5 uh, centigrade uh, tipping point, that there's nothing we can do on the trajectory we're on to keep that from, from being surpassed. So then the, the, the case is, okay, how much do you minimize after that? And that's sort of what they're going for. But uh, the big problem is that the, the, you know, the global nations have been you know, just not able to get together to do this and uh, it doesn't look very promising. You know, the will just isn't there yet. Michael, anything else you'd like to say about this topic? Well, one thing that, you know, stepping back a little bit from that, that dire aspect, like I said, that it can be avoided or mitigated, people believe, if a lot of effort, a lot of money, and a lot of coordination comes in worldwide very soon. What's interesting, and, and Congressman Peters talks about this quite a bit, is that you know, they're trying to find market-based solutions. Uh, CO2 is actually used in a lot of things. It can help 
you know, develop uh, feedstock for animals. Um, you know, it's involved in plastic and concrete. So, uh, you know, even certain environmental say, you know, it can be a valuable commodity and that may, you know, if you create a market and that all works out, that could offset the cost. You know, maybe somebody could make a profit, who knows? One other aspect though, is that some people uh, are leery of both removal and particularly uh, carbon capture because they think a lot of industries want to do that to allow them to keep emitting, uh, you know, the, the, the carbon dioxide and other pollutants, sort of to offset it as opposed to really force them to to cut and and you know find another way to do business. So those are kind of the dilemmas we're facing. Okay, well we'll continue to watch this. Thank you for your reporting, Michael Smolens. Thanks. Thanks for having me on.